Beathard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Don't miss a thing from the world of college football. Stay right here for College Gridiron on WFUV Sports. Welcome into this episode of College Gridiron. I am Danny Scott, joined by my good friend Tyler Who. And Tyler, you know what's the offseason right now? However, there's a lot going on right now. Recruiting's in like recruiting's in full swing for the class of 2023. Bunch of big news, team switching conferences. But before we get into all the discussion, how are you doing, my friend? Danny, I'm doing really well. I was talking with you on the phone before on my drive over to the Bronx. I'm back at Fordham right now at my apartment, kind of just chilling, you know, doing a little stuff, work, work stuff, just talking, talking shop, listening to some podcasts on the way here. And when I say, when you say off season, this is the most, this is probably one of the most eventful off seasons that we've had in most recent memory, starting during the season with like the Lincoln Riley moving and uh, he should not, shall not be named moving to, Baton Rouge, um, you know. Him and his family. Yeah, his family, you know, down to Louisiana. Well, you know, um, a lot of stuff's been going on. We're, we're doing well in the offseason. You know, college gridiron never stops, you know, never stops. We're always talking behind the scenes. But, you know, we had to bring it back to the people. We had a lot to talk about. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil any of the episode, but it's going to be a good one. Yeah, you know, one, one thing that – I've kind of noticed is you and I just outside of this podcast, all we pretty much do is talk about sports. I'll call you while I'm driving to work, driving around, doing whatever. And we'll just talk college football for hours. Exactly. We got so much to talk about. I know, but let's get right into it. And let's start with, you know, one of the biggest news is news pieces of the off season. And that's Arch Manning going to Texas. And, you know, Many would ask this question. It's been asked multiple times. Tyler, is Texas back? Um, I mean, we got to see it on the field. But, I mean, back-to-back elite recruits um, at quarterback. I, I guess Quinn Ewers is a transfer, but he was always – it was always Texas. But um, Quinn Ewers with his fantastic mullet, and then um, you're going to get Arch Manning, another stud quarterback. Back-to-back – I mean, if Texas messes us up, then, you know, there's no hope for them. But – they get two elite quarterbacks. Some would say generational quarterback talents, and you luck into back-to-back talents like that, you better hit. Um, Arch Manning is a phenomenal quarterback. I mean, we could get into that, but, I mean, for you, is Texas back? Well, here, here's my biggest question. I, I'm willing to take bets with whoever wants it, and who wants to bet that he's not going to play his whole career at Texas? Because I, mean, I think – That's a foregone conclusion. I think there's no way – that this kid sticks around Texas. I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. And we can look at his high school stats. Oh, you're talking I about mean, transferring. Transferring. Wow. I, okay, never, I, never mind. I was thinking something else. I do not think he's going to play his whole career at Texas. It's, I mean, in high school, this kid was a stud. Six, oh, absolutely. 6,300 yards, 81 passing touchdowns, 19 rushing touchdowns, 
over 13 yards per pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid was an God, animal. He pushes the ball down the field. And you Absolutely. look at him, you don't even got to look at the numbers. Watch the tape. I mean, sure, it's like not the best competition, but you look at Arch Manning, the ball pops out of his hand a different way than most quarterbacks. He's athletic. I mean, he clearly got the genes from his dad, not his uncles. I mean, Payton, his uncles are Payton and Eli, probably two of the slowest people in NFL history. And then you got Cooper, who used to play wide receiver before he destroyed his neck. That being said, Arch, Arch, I mean, you know, the stereotype, sneaky athletic, sneaky quick. But um, no, Arch is he he's a better athlete than his uncles. Uh, and the arm the arm talent's there. I mean, there's no two better people to learn from throwing the ball than his uncle, his two uncles, Peyton and Eli. I mean, for sure. And I mean, you look at you look at his name, you know what that brings into the NFL, into the world of college football. Obviously, both his uncles were fantastic Hall of Fame caliber players, especially Peyton. Going to be, right. I think, is he already in? I can't remember if he's uh, already in. I think he's already in. And uh, Eli's a contender. First ballot. Right. Eli Manning is. I think you know, he's, he'll 50, make it. 50 50, two Super Bowl wins. Typically, mm-hmm. that's pretty good enough. Right. But debate point, he, but that's, that's not the whole a, point. Exactly. He's an absolute stud. So Winner. he's going to go into this program and he's going to have to sit behind Quinn Ewers. Yep. Is he going to do that? We'll see. You know, a lot of people are calling for him to redshirt for a year, learn behind this guy. What happens if Ewers goes down? Who are they going to play? Uh, I mean, oh. are you are you really going to turn to this this freshman I mean, that I mean, should Casey, be starting on right. every Casey other Thompson's team? Thompson's gone. I mean, they really it's really just Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. There's really about three quarterbacks in college football right now, and I'm sure ev- everyone knows them. <laughs> it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Caleb Williams. Those are, those are the top three right now. Oh, Outside yeah. of those three, Arch Manning should probably be starting over every other one. Quinn right. Ewers, yeah, great talent. People are – I mean, he, uh, he, was the, he was the what? The only – like, I think there was like a star rating, like 100 out of 100 or 1,000 out of 1,000, like rating, even over Trevor Lawrence. He's one of the best talents we've ever seen, according to all these ranking sites, you know? So may, maybe he's the real deal. You know, people can hypothesize, but the one thing that we know about Arch Manning is he's got that superstar trait, considering we know what Mm -hmm. his uncles have done and what his dad was and what his grandpa was. Uh, He's got that legacy that brings attention. So if if you're Texas, are you really not going to start him? And if you don't start him, I would tend to believe that that would mean that he's going to be gone. Look at the world of college football right now. Transfers are going crazy. NIL. I mean, with this potential, with what's going on right now, we could see him play for four different teams in four years. Now, well, he's not making it this fourth year. He'll be in the league after his junior year. I just had a thought. CJ Stroud replacement at Ohio State? Uh, Potentially, but I, I don't know. He's a Southern guy. You know, I could see him sticking around the SEC, Big 12 type of thing. You know, maybe he goes to Oklahoma and just pisses oh, off every wow. Texas fan. I, I think known to mankind. Yeah, I, I don't think he's making it out of college. If he goes to Oklahoma, I think he's a dead man by then. But um, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the guy transferring before he's even stepped foot on campus. I mean, you go to Austin, Texas. You got a beautiful campus, huge lot, lot of people there. School spirit. You got Matthew McConaughey running the scenes behind the show, giving motivational speeches. You got horns up. You got a great, 
Longhorn Network or whatever, there's the appeal to playing at Texas. Obviously, they haven't had as much success in recent years, but they're still appealed. This is still Texas football we're talking about. So I do think he sticks around for his three years because he's not making D or four. He's going to the league. Um, that being I, would, said, I, I would tend to agree with you. However, it's just like you said, there's an appeal for playing for Texas football. Right. If he's not playing, and what what is Ewer is going to be a sophomore, right? He won year at Ohio yeah, State. Yours is going to be a sophomore. He sat behind Stroud for a year and then transferred here to, so I guess a so, year. So is yeah. it really, really that? Uh, it's not far fetched at all. What's, no, what's you, the word I'm looking for? Is it far fetched? Not far fetched. It do you do we really think that Arch Manning is going to sit for two years behind a guy? Is that is that what we are yeah. really expecting? At first, I was like, hell no, there's no chance. But you got you got me thinking now. What I what I'm thinking is you you want him to play for Notre Dame, don't you? <laughs> I mean, I would love if he played for Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong. However, realistically, I I doubt he'll he'll end up. No, there. He, he won't end up there. I'm just thinking like now you got me thinking. Now you're spitballing. Got me thinking like where could he go? I mean, obviously Alabama and Ohio State are on my radar. I he was heavily linked to Alabama. This Ooh, is gonna nice. be Bryce Young's last year. Right. Exactly. I mean, we could another, we could very easily see this. Another name I, that's on my mind, crossing town, crossing paths, Texas A&M, still SEC uh, school. Yeah, I mean, the, he would he would be hated regardless if he switched over from um, Texas to Texas A&M. But A&M, I don't know. That's a, that's a very intriguing name, rising name. You got Jimbo Fisher running the show. They just beat Alabama last year. Zach Lozada transferred. Who do they have now? I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. Like, who do they have? I'm not even too sure. It's, at, this point in the, at this point in the offseason, every position is kind of up for battle, except yeah, for they're... about those three that I talked about. And maybe you could throw Spencer Rattler in there. Um, at No. <laughs> not, you know, I, I think he's – he still has potential. Are, are you on the, are you back of the Rattler bandwagon? We were trashing him all of last season. Now, dead. No, I'm not. I I don't think I I was ever a part of the bandwagon. You, but were, I don't, you were never, but like, yeah. Are I was never on? like a, a super hater of him, but that's I, a conversation. I, I was I was guilty. I was a super hater. I mean, yeah. he's he's got to prove me wrong, but yeah. But that's a conversation for a different time. For another day. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Archman though. I definitely think he's gonna be really good. Um. I mean, what, Texas is heading to the SEC this upcoming season or 2023? 2023, right when he so, gets there. So you're – wait. This upcoming season, 2022-2023. So the year after? Yep. Okay, perfect. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. So I, mean, I suppose he would be sitting behind Ewers for a year. A year, that's what I'm thinking. But, however, I, it's not bad, but it's just a talent like that. Are you really going to make him sit? It just, I mean, this it, this isn't no Justin Fields. Yeah, this isn't no Justin Fields, Jake Fromm situation. It's like yours is actually good, according to like all the hype. Jake Fromm was just basically an armchair quarterback. He was no disrespect to Jake Fromm, but I had to watch him play football for my New York football giants for a couple of weeks last year. He is probably the worst quarterback I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, I mean, no, by far, by far. I, I know you're going to say, what, Nick Mullins? 
No, uh, you heard of a guy named Nathan Peterman? But nope, no, nope, Fromm is much worse. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Peterman was absolutely at least a meme. Jake Fromm just sucks. But um, no, this is not a Jake Fromm slander podcast, neither here nor there. I'm just saying it's not very like it's not like parallel situation to that. Uh, I think I think yours and um and Arch Manning are both league bound. This is further out though, but um. I mean, I'm rooting for Manning's success. His, his uncle is one of my my favorite football player beat all time, Eli Manning. So, shout out to Archman. Good luck. Well, let's let's transfer in or uh, transfer. Oh, it's already on my in. mind. Let's transition into a, a discussion about like recruiting classes as a whole. Mm-hmm. We we kind of talked off air a little bit about it, and according to twenty four seven Sports, my Fighting Irish number one recruiting class in the nation and espn too so you got two sources followed by ohio state then texas we've kind of already touched clemson mm-hmm. and penn state Interesting. which clemson. of these teams yeah. You know, yeah clemson clemson's back right they yeah, had no, i'm, I'm looking because Clem, clemson's six on uh, espn i wasn't looking at 24 7's um big board rankings but the first three are online clemson's oh, back in your eyes i I don't think Clemson would they go eight and four last year, won a bowl they, game. They just struggled because DJ wasn't DJ Youngle. Youngle. Yeah, you know. Uh yeah. he he wasn't he wasn't that good last year. He wasn't Trevor Lawrence. And that, that exactly. was the issue they ran into. However, you know, Clemson found their stride towards the end of the year. And I think they're a very good football team and they're gonna compete for a national championship year in and year out, just like they right. have for the past decade. Right. I mean, it also helps to play in a cupcake conference, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I mean, the ACC was a little bit better last year. Wake Forest was sick. A and little Sam bit. Pitt Sam was Hartman's good. back. Yeah, Pitt was very good with Kenny Pickett. We all know he's a first-round pick. Yeah, um, him and Jordan Addison are both gone, so that's a massive loss to their offense. Exactly. But what I want to talk about with this recruiting classes is, you know, everyone talks – Texas always has a good recruiting class. They're always top 10. Really, mm-hmm. do these recruiting classes matter in your eyes? Because yeah. we, we look at schools like Cincinnati who never have top 10, top 25 even recruiting classes, but they're a school last year that finished fourth in the nation, made the college football playoff, and they kind of became, I, I don't want to say America's team, but kind of America's sweetheart. No one really hated Cincinnati. Everybody respected them. Yep. Except for me because they beat my Irish. Um, however. Yeah, you got to respect game. Game respects game. Game respects game, for sure. And everyone, including myself, wanted them to beat Alabama in, in the yep. first round. Or, yeah, Alabama. I mean, they hung in there. I mean, they got they got beat, like, by, what, three scores? But they didn't. It's just their offense wasn't, like, up to par. Their defense looked pretty good pretty damn good i mean you saw the talent sauce gardner my jay sanders kobe bryant not not the great basketball player but you know yeah kobe with the same, same idea yeah, yeah same idea but hey, hey i mean like schools like that you know as you were saying it's not all about the talent it's about what's it about coaching culture that's what my point was coaching culture that's what matters because they're still going to get talent it's all about getting guys to buy it you know Exactly. And so that's one thing that I want to bring up, and that's probably a pretty good transition. And talking about this Notre Dame class, you know, I got to bring it up. Number one recruiting class in the nation leads with 16 four-star commits and thus far one five-star. 
with this Marcus Freeman era starting, you know, he's been documented as a player's coach. Authentic. He, I am so excited to see what he can do over the course of a full season. But what do you think, you know, of this class, any of the players that you can possibly remember if you want to touch on any of them, but what are you looking forward to with these, you know, top five, top 10 recruiting classes? I'll look over real quick. I mean, they, they, stacked it 11 espn 300 commits leads the nation i'm pretty sure um and sure you want to talk about big names they don't have like the top 10 names as i wrote down in my prep they don't have top 10 names you know they have depth this is an, a ridiculously they got class. one they got one top 10 name they got uh, they? Ke- keon keely is keely okay keely's 23 on espn uh, he's on on 24 7 he's number eight number one edge rusher in the nation coming in Okay, sorry, I'm just like looking. Okay, Akili is nine on. Uh, yeah, never mind. He is yeah, really high rated though. He's he gonna be eight. sick. He's disgusting. And you know, Notre Dame loves their defense. Defensive defensive minded coach Marcus Freeman, who's gonna defense get win championships. Defense wins championships. And I mean, we saw it. It's Notre Dame's. I mean, it's pretty much Notre Dame's mo. Just really good defense. Run the ball well and have some explosive offensive playmakers, like some wide receivers here and there. And they got what well, Braylon James, another stud receiver. Um, I think he's 46th ranked on what do you call it on ESPN? Peyton Bowen, 49th ranked, another four star safety. Talk about Kyle Hamilton replacement eventually. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, nobody can re- really replace Kyle Hamilton, but I trust uh, I trust Notre Dame to pr- develop another cool safety prospect. They're pretty good at that. Harrison Smith, another one. They're pretty good at that. Yeah, I mean, this number one, it, it means a lot to me when they're the number mm-hmm. one recruiting class in the nation, and it, it projects well. That's right. the thing with these recruiting classes. We talk about it. It, it doesn't mean anything except for towards projections. Right. It looks, what, better. it looks better. What are these guys going to do once they get there? And it helps with future recruiting. But yeah. one team that I want to talk about real quick, and it's a team that I absolutely hate, um, and that's USC sitting outside the top 10 right now, number 12, but they have two top six recruits in the nation. You already mentioned Malachi Nelson. He's a disgusting quarterback. And then they got a defensive end who is pretty disgusting. I am slipping on his name right now. Is it like you and or no, that's somebody else. That's my, that's the quarterback. <laughs> no, 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 no. Matteo young. Okay. He's number five. And uh, what do you call it? 24-7. He's, he's not committed yet. Never mind. I was just, like, thinking of names of edge rushers. Um, They got – no, they got two six What's receivers. The same? Zachariah Branch, number six. Well, Branch is – yeah, he's a wide receiver, I'm pretty sure. Wide receiver – oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, no, they got two – they got two yeah. – they got two elite wide receiver prospects. Yeah. Number 12 and number 15 prospects in the nation. Both receive – well, McCott Lemon's an athlete. Yeah, but – he project. I'm pretty sure he projects to be a uh, a receiver. Yeah. Or I want to say I heard some DB discussion. Really, two way player. I could be completely wrong on that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of kind of out of touch with with high school guys. But you know right, this this class sitting at number twelve, number thirteen, right around there in the nation. Why are they not ranked higher when they got two top ten recruits? I think they're just really top heavy. I mean, looking at them, yeah, they're 10 on ESPN. Um, 
I guess it's because their defensive recruiting has been that strong. Like, according to ESPN, Braxton Myers is their top defensive committee. He's ranked 116th, which, I mean, is still really good, but they only have they, they have a very top-heavy class. They only have four ESPN 300 commits, three of them being what, five, four or five-star high-level recruits. They're basically – right now, I guess they're just – their goal is to make a sick offense. Uh, surround Malachi Nelson with unbelievable weapons. First, obviously, Caleb Williams, who's – what? What is he, a sophomore next year? He was a true freshman last year, going to be a sophomore. So, sophomore. Yeah, he doesn't look like a freshman. He doesn't look like a freshman or sophomore in college. He looks like a grown man. That being said, yeah, you, you, you're setting yourself up for offensive success, like success, which is really important. Um, Lincoln Riley, offensive first head coach, he doesn't know defense if it hit him in the face. Uh, just ask Oklahoma when they played LSU in 2019. Um, <laughs> basically... I think that they're just setting themselves up, like setting up the blueprint. Like they're going to have a high-flying offense where they throw a ball a ton, they throw a ball 60 times a game. Uh, Caleb Williams' arm is going to fall off <laughs> one of these days. No, I'm kidding. Caleb Williams is going to be a stud in college. Um, but they're setting themselves up. Their defense isn't good, though. Their defensive class is terrible so far. Not terrible, but like terrible by, by like top 10 standards, all that stuff. So – I think once they start recruiting more defense, you're going to see a higher class ranking. But right now, there's a reason why it's still a little bit lower. Well, that gives me a good opportunity to discuss a team that's stacking some offense, and that's Ohio State. Mm-hmm. O-H-I-O, baby. Their, their receiver class right now is, is just absurd. they got two five-star recruits, number 18 and number 28, and – Two four-star recruits, number 50 and number 270. Brian Hartline is producing receivers right now. Mm-hmm. They just had Olave and Garrett Wilson. Wilson going number 10 overall. Olave going number 11 overall. Jackson Jameson Williams, Williams, former Ohio State receiver, 12 overall. Exactly. So three, three wide receivers that were all in the same room at one point. I mm-hmm. guess Jameson Williams can be claimed by Alabama, sure. However, he started out at Ohio State and couldn't even find playing time, so he had to transfer. That's, how ridiculous does that sound? Like the it, best receiver, the best receiver in the nation last year couldn't find playing time in Ohio State. That's it, it's insane. It's insane to think about. And you know they got a guy on their roster right now, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, I don't know if I don't know if people know about him. If you don't, you're about to. If you don't, just go back last year and watch the Rose Bowl. I mean, I don't have to – we don't have to describe him. There's no he's, words to describe how good he is. And my prediction, he's going to be a top-five pick and a Heisman finalist this year. He's an absolute monster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he might win the Heisman. There's, there's potential for it. And if yeah, he doesn't, it could be his teammate, C.J. Stroud. But, yeah. but my question to you, does this put Ohio State – as wide receiver university. You know I'm an admin Alabama wide receiver you guy as, as we our text show. I um, stand by that. You look at all the talent they've produced since, I guess, Julio Jones came in. Julio, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. I'll suspend him, please, Roger Goodell. Um, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, uh, another receiver in that class we're not going to talk about. Um, you know. Um the list goes on now. Jameson Williams, just John Mechie. The list goes on. Alabama's got top end talent for the last like 10 years. I think 
over the last five years, Ohio State's really turned it on. I think Michael Thomas, um, they had it before with like Pemkin Jr., I guess, but like really, we're talking about who they've turned it on. Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, and the recent years, they've been killing it. So if we're talking recent developments, um, after that four the, that four man like room of Alabama, Ohio State's got it. And looking forward, I think Ohio State's got it as the wide receiver. You, they've been killing it through recruiting. We saw the success they had last year in the transfer, uh, not transfer portal. Excuse me, that's to Alabama. But like we saw what the recruit success they had. The th- the three receivers that they had last year running the show were probably the three best receivers in college football. Would you say that? Uh, it's hard to argue. Yeah, they're it's, ridiculous. Uh, I, both, I mean, Alabama and Ohio State combined had probably outside of uh, Addison, they probably yeah, had Jordan Addison. Yeah, they, they probably had the top five receivers in the nation. Easily, when when it's you disgusting. look at it, J, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I almost said JXN. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Chris Olave, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Wilson. Yep. John Mechie, and Jamison Williams Insane. were all absolutely disgusting. And they played for these two schools that are kind of vying for that wide receiver university argument spot right now. Right. Um, I think looking forward, we can say Ohio State. And Ohio right. State's got other guys. They got Marvin Harrison still, Marvin Harrison Jr. still. Junior, in yep. Julian and, Fleming's another stud. Uh, I'm going to botch his name. Uh, yeah, what, I was thinking of the same thing. What is guy. it? Uh, ek, ek, em, I can't even say it properly. I'm sorry. It's, well, I'll, here, let me let me pull it up real quick. Just give me like Ameka Egbuka. Is that right? Um, some, something like that. Let me give me three seconds. Um, please, Ohio State, somebody get there. Um, yeah. Um, how do you say it? Sorry for all the listeners. We just, we're, we're, we're rolling right now. Um, Emeka Ibuka, yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, he's he was a freshman last year. Dang. Exactly. So was Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. Fleming was a sophomore last year. He's about to be a junior. Um, so this, I mean, this they're, room they're, they're sick. This room is stacked, and they're adding two they're five only stars get better, and two too. four stars in 2023. Right. They're only going to get better. I mean, and there's no better wide receiver coach in the nation than Brian Hartline. It's been well documented. The guy is he was a great receiver in the NFL. He's a better wide receiver coach. How crazy is that? It's insane. And you look at this conference that they got a plan, mm-hmm. and we've talked about a team that is going to be joining this conference very, very soon. Who? Two teams? Two teams, USC, UCLA, going into the Big Ten. I just want to get your first kind of reaction thoughts and, and what this kind of means for the Big Ten moving forward. Um, lot more flights. Uh, US. Just imagine USC versus like Rutgers or UCLA versus like Maryland flying cross country just to play those games is gonna be hilarious. I guess they're gonna toss them in the Big Ten West. It only makes sense. Uh, why would they toss them in the Big Ten East? Uh, that being said, man, oh man, this is gonna be fun. You're gonna talk about games like you. You're gonna see like USC, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. I mean, it's going to be insane. I cannot wait. Like, uh, UCLA is not really a college football power. You think more of college basketball, which we'll talk about in Storm the Court one day. It's going to be sick. Great move for that, too. But, I mean, what does it spell? Benjamins? Money? Bring in the money. Pac-12 network has nothing on the Big Ten network. Uh, BTN brings in big, big dinero. And, um, I mean, that's what it's all about. 
these days. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. And uh, I, I'm, I mean, as a tr- traditional college football fan, college sports fan, eh, I'm not, I'm not the happiest about the move. I was really shocked when it first happened. That being said, I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Like we're gonna see some fun games, and we're not even. I don't think they're even done. They're gonna probably try to go after like schools like Washington and Oregon next, like the real power, some of the real powerhouses of the Pac-12, and really destroy the Pac-12. I mean. I'm really intrigued to see what happens. I saw a report that Oregon and Washington have already reached out, uh, but yeah. the Big Ten is is kind of holding off because I, I believe they reached out to Notre Dame again. Ooh, your boys. Uh, for the millionth time since in <laughs> the, the early 1900s when they denied them like five times, Notre Dame decided to join the Big East, and we all know that dismantled. Right. Uh, except Soft. for basketball, they're sick of right. basketball. They're unreal. Best, best basketball conference. I don't care what anybody says. Argue with your mother. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that just it it drives me crazy that there's no like there's no loyalty anymore. You can't just be Uh-oh, none. You can't just be a conference and, and just accept that that's where you are. Does it really make sense for for USC? water polo to be flying to maryland to play them in a in a game there's there's not if you look at colleges and and this is just basic facts and numbers the there's three typically three sports that make money for school and that's football Mm -hmm. men's basketball and then women's basketball sometimes sometimes or or call it or baseball the baseball program can bring in a little cash in the sec otherwise not really However, uh, they, they must have ran some numbers. I'm sure there was a long, drawn-out discussion that them joining the Big Ten will bring in more money for, to, to produce these other schools. But if you're sending your, your men and women's water polo team yeah, all the no way dis- to Maryland... No, di- no play, disrespect no, to water no polo. disrespect to that. But does that make sense? It makes absolutely zero sense. No, it may, first of all, it makes no logistical sense. Two is a waste of travel, uh, travel stuff and money. And three, I mean, it's really stupid, but you know, money talks. And um, Big Ten Network is it's gonna it's gonna pay the big bucks. So these ads are making the good fiscal decision. Does it screw the kids? Absolutely. It's a big f you to the, all the kids. But you know what? I don't think they care. The the thing is is. You know, if you're a football player or a basketball player or a baseball player and you're going to USC or UCLA, you have aspirations to play professionally. Right. These other athletes are going there to get an education. So unless you're you're playing in one of these major sports that you're going to get potential of going to the NFL, to Major League Baseball, to the NBA, to the WNBA – whatever professional sports league that you're going to make a lot of money, you got to be a student as well. And you know, right. you and I are both students. So right. We're I not bring... exactly student athletes anymore. <laughs> it's sort of. Yeah. Sort kind of. of washed. Sort yeah. of. kind of. But it, it makes no sense to me. It, it makes sense None. fiscally wise. However, it, it ruins these potential students and you know USC and UCLA are are documented good academic schools oh, as well. Two two of the best in the nation by far. Phenomenal schools. They're they're great schools. So it it drives me crazy that all these schools are doing is chasing money. 
Yeah, you're going to see a lot more of this. I mean, they're not done. Um, the Big Ten, SEC is going to start. I mean, we were racing the SEC. They just got they got Texas a and a couple of years ago. They got Texas However, and Texas and Oklahoma makes sense. Regionally, it sense. It's, it's similar enough. But right. if, you're flying, if yeah. you're flying to the Northeast for every single away game, you're spending so much money. It's a detriment so to the athletes. I don't like the move. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be completely honest. I get it. I yeah. get it for money. I get it. I just think it's a terrible decision, and we could start seeing, you know, these student athletes really start to drop as students. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, they talked about it on uh, "Pardon My Take." Shout out to the shout out to PM, uh, PMT. Um, they said some of the guys were like, "Hey, like maybe in the couple ten years or so in the future, you're gonna see these." schools these athletes student athletes this is going to become athletes they're going to have the name of these schools like for example like kentucky i think they mentioned they're going to be kentucky wildcats but they're not going to be like affiliated with the school directly school wise it's going to be sports it's going to be like a prep the pro project type of thing like when you look at like nba g league g league ignite for college bat uh, for basketball uh overtime elite like type things like that you know you know what i'm saying i i get it and i think that's potentially where it's going and it's and that that really sucks because one it of sucks. my favorite college football is my favorite sport. And the reason it's yeah, my it favorite is. sport is because these, you know, well, now it's not necessarily, but these, these athletes were going to play for pride and the potential mm-hmm. that they're going to get drafted. Now you look at some of these guys and we've seen it more. So recently, you know, guys are sitting out bowl games, guys aren't playing in their final game of the year, unless you're competing for a national championship a lot of these top tier prospects are sitting out and that kind of pains me. It, right. it really does suck. We saw Kyle Hamilton sit out of the Fiesta Bowl. Kyron Williams sit out of the mm-hmm. Fiesta Bowl. If we have those two, you know, I think we potentially win that game. Instead yeah. we lose it um, in heartbreaking fashion. We don't need to get into it. Um, this is why, this is why you stay awake for games, Danny. Yeah, man. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> that was an insane game. Bowl season last year was fun. I cannot Bowl season you. was one of the best seasons ever, but it's more so for pride when you get to right, college. For pride. Yeah, for just for the program. And exactly. now it's not, it's not really pride for the, or for the pride or for the program. It's every man for themselves at this point. Um, whoever can get to the highest level, nobody really cares about, oh, my God. Like, they're not playing for the name on the front. They're playing for the name on the back. And I respect that. I'm all for the players. But, I mean – it, it's it's going to be a lot of change in college football. College football will never be the same. Think of it that way. It will never be the same as it is in this moment. It isn't even the same as it was two years ago, and that's crazy to think about. Am I a fan? I don't know. I'm very I'm very I see both sides of the spectrum here. You know what I'm saying? Like I see both sides. I see why they made the move, and I'm also like why people don't like the move. Yeah, I I understand. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Except yeah, for I don't game. like that they made the Yeah, you don't like it. I'm like but I'm I understand why. I'm on the fence. Like I don't know whether to like it or not. Get like I'd say give me like a couple of months. Well, not a couple of months. Give me till 2024 to see when it plays out actually. But like my, right now, my initial reaction is like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm not sure how to feel. My biggest thing is why are you moving into a tougher conference when you can't compete in the Pac 12? That neither, is pretty funny. That's neither one name. of these, neither one of these schools have competed for a Pac-12. Right? This is strictly Recently. talking college football. Because college basketball both teams are good. 
Yes. They'll be, they'll be fine in the Big Ten. Why, why are you moving into the Big Ten? That's a conference that's loaded. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is always sick. Michigan made the college football playoffs last year. Michigan State was Michigan a couple wins away from being – you yeah. know, one of these teams that we're talking about. You could name, you could keep Iowa, up going. Iowa and Penn State. State. Yep. They're both ranked one and two at one point last year. Yeah, it's going to be a very. Why are you transferring yeah. into this conference when you can't compete in your own? That is true. I mean, money, first of all, money talks, obviously, but it's going to be really funny seeing what. I think uh, another thing I'm part of my take, the only reason I'm mentioning it so much is because I listened this morning on my drive, afternoon, on my drive over here. Um, yeah, USC and UCLA are going to learn what a fullback is really quickly and going to learn what <laughs> country strength means uh, from kids, corn fed kids from the Midwest who know nothing but how to hit people really hard. It's going to be really funny. Uh, seeing Caleb Williams walk into a stadium in the freezing cold winter in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh my God. They're not going to be used to it because they're going to be a sunny side, like sunny 75, 80 degrees out in California and walking the freezing cold where you got 300 pound fat kids wearing no sleeves or cutoffs on the offensive line ready to murder you. It's going to yeah. be hilarious. And you so know, these other schools. These other schools are going to love it because when they when they got to play USC, they get to go down to LA or sunny and seventy five year round. Uh, It's gonna it's gonna be great for the other teams in the Big Ten, but it Mm -hmm. just it drives me crazy. But let's kind of talk about this whole idea. You know, we saw Oklahoma and Texas last year going to the SEC. There's the big tw- or the the Pac-12 is trying to dismantle itself right now. As we as yeah. we speak, I, I have saw a ideas regarding this. By the way, Utah Pac-12. and Ari- Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Arizona Colorado, State Colorado yep. are trying to join the Big Twelve, which will be uh, very interesting. Oregon and Washington are trying to join the Pac-12, and that kind of leaves Cal and Stanford I mean, or the the Big, big Ten. Yeah. Count that Stanford. leaves Cal and Stanford. Send them, the send them to the play? Ivy League, the yeah. smart guys. I mean, honestly, at this point, anything is possible. Nah, that, I, I can see them doing like this, some, something weird. Mountain but, West. Uh, that would nah, be the they only, wouldn't I, I could see it just because they're not great. I mean, Stanford historically has been decent uh, the past kind of five to ten years. It's been Cal's pretty since, talent in the since, past. Ma- since McCaffrey and since Aaron Rodgers, neither and, school have been stellar. Right. right. They've 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 been better in the past. But if you're handed a magic wand right now and they say fix it, but give me some ideas of what college football needs to do. What how how do you fix this this gigantic issue that they got going on um first of all pac-12 who's the pac-12 commissioner uh larry scott um larry scott if i'm larry scott right now great last name great last name not so great first name um cable guy uh please fix it larry scott you have to do one thing and that's to drop some money um drop some big money on the pac-12 network market the hell out of the pac-12 next year do whatever it takes to keep the Pac-12 together. Literally whatever it takes. If I have a magic wand, you see most to replace USC and UCLA with Boise State and San Diego State. Take them from the Mountain West. Two teams that are good in both football, basketball, that, the sports that matter, I guess, 
in the in the grand scheme of things. You move them in there, um, they fit right in because they're not bad teams. They're, they're able to compete at the highest level. Add um, Gonzaga for basketball and baseball. Add, yep, add Gonzaga. Um, and screw it, why not? Add BYU. Um, BYU is already joining the Big 12. Are they joining the Big 12? Okay, right. With Forget Cincinnati. For, oh, so, yeah. Cincinnati, Houston? Houston, Cincinnati. Yeah, Big 12. If Houston, they stay together, BYU, could be fun. and South Florida? UCF? US, oh, UCF, UCF, uh, Central Florida. Central Florida. Yeah, I was going to say, USF could not survive in the Big 12. Not that the Big 12 is very tough anymore, but um, I mean, I'm just saying, like, there are places, like, there's things that can work. I think the Pac-12, if they decide to be actually serious about their jobs, um, drop some money and, like, literally beg these schools, like Boise State, um, Gonzaga, you know, the schools we just named, get them to join the Pac-12, make the Pac-12 actually serious for once, because the Pac-12 has had talent, but, and Pac-12 After Dark is great for cult football fans like me, you and me. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to drop some money. Stop stop being scared, um, because the Big Ten and the SEC are only going to get stronger. The Big 12, right now, they can hang in there, I guess, but, like, they also going to drop some money on these smaller, like emerging mid-major programs. They did a good job of getting ahead of the curve. It means Cincinnati and Houston to join, you know? Well, that didn't come out until after Texas and Oklahoma left. Right, right, is... but like, right, but like still good moves. It makes sense logistically, and it makes sense because they're both emerging programs, strength-wise, you know? That you, you, I mean, that Pac-12 has got to do something similar because Boise State's in a similar boat as um, Houston and Cincy as their emerging programs in both football and basketball. I mean, they've been around for the block for a little while. And San Diego State, another name that has had ta- had success over the past couple of years, both sports. Drop some money, um, make yourself marketable, make yourself seem appealing, and save the Pac-12 for once. So if you're saving college football, that's your idea is just save the Pac-12? Uh, I- I'm just saying save the Pac-12, but like, these conferences gotta they gotta up the ante a little bit. Um, Pac-12, Big 12, ACC's dust. Uh, ACC's a basketball conference. Uh, ACC, figure it out on your own. I mean, it's Clemson, maybe Wake Forest, and then everybody else. Because North Carolina is no longer serious because uh, Sam Howell is gone. Uh, Pitt's no longer serious. Duke was never serious in basketball, football. Um, figure it out on your own. Jesus. That being said. Um, what do you call it? Just the Big 12 and Pac-12 have to figure it out. That way, college football can, I guess, kind of be saved. Other than that, I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. Just just with all these talks of realignment and this idea of super super conferences forming, mm-hmm. and if, if you could put any schools kind of into conferences, what other moves potentially would you like to see? Do you want to see Oregon? And Washington into the Big Ten. Yep. Does Notre Dame finally join a conference for the first time ever? Uh, what what kind of what kind of needs to take place? It, it maybe maybe not what needs to take place, but what would be most what, fun? What would be appealing? Yeah. You for, talk, oh, you talking for super fans, conferences. super conferences. You know this idea. You know maybe it's only two conferences now. Maybe it's three. I don't really know how it works. It seems the Pac-12 is dead. The right. ACC <laughs> said, except for Clemson, yeah, and 
Clemson, you know, maybe that's another team. They're right next to, what are they, South, South Carolina? Carolina. I'm sending them right down to the SEC East. Um, that They can go play with Georgia. Uh, the SEC West is already a bloodbath. Send them to the SEC East and make the SEC East crazy, please. I need chaos. What do you think of that? You like I, that? It, it sounds appealing. I'm not going to um, lie. Just are I, we just killing? We're just killing the ACC and the Pac-12. This is first of all. This is a, strictly a hypothetical, um, and this is strictly on college football. Forget college basketball for a second. We're thinking college football. There's in our magical world right now, the world of Tyler Who and Danny Scott. You can control the uh, Big Ten, the new Fox Fox Conference. I got the ESPN slash CBS Conference, aka SEC. You know, the two big uh, money makers, the two big markets, two big TV deals. So, you know, we're on two spe- separate spectrums. How about this? I'll take my side, you take your side. What do you think? I'm going to go with the SEC. You add Clemson, you add Wake Forest. What other schools, like the Northeast is not, there's no schools in the Northeast that are good at football because nobody cares about the football in the Northeast. And the Midwest is Big Ten dominated and the West Coast, I guess, is now Big Ten dominated. So I got to focus on the South. That's tough. Um, really, well, I mean, as the SEC is very strong. I I would boot a school like Vanderbilt. Oh, I'm, I'm booting Vanderbilt. They're, they're too smart for the SEC. Get, get Vanderbilt out. Maybe a team like Mizzou. They leave. Um, and then you're already adding Texas and Oklahoma. Maybe you right. add a Baylor. And um, a Baylor and Oklahoma State. All right. All right. I, got, I got to come back now. I'll come back to mine. Yes, I'm going to add Baylor. I'm going to uh, – do I want to add Texas Tech? Sure, why they're not? not a, they're not a football school, though. Right, but they're fun to watch because they score a lot of points. They suck. They can get. The, they can be the new so uh, then, Missouri. You, you need to – oh, actually, no. This is a super conference you're talking about. Add Clemson, add Baylor, add Wake Forest, and steal Cincinnati from the Big 12. Um, steal Houston. Cincinnati doesn't – if we're doing this regionally – Correctly, Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati's like, since you can have a Cincinnati in the big time, it makes sense because Midwest. I'll take Houston. Uh, what other, I mean, what other schools in Texas are there that are good? TCU's okay. I'll take TCU and then, um, I'll take Oklahoma State. I'll take Oklahoma State. So I got seven schools. And and so who moves into the uh east? So I got Clemson moving to the east. I got Wake Forest moving to the east. Um, well, Wake, I, I disagree with the Wake Forest take. Just they had one good year. and it recently... Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll leave Wake Forest out at six. So what did I have? I, we're getting so off topic here. This is the one of the best oh, this college. Is... But, but it's, it's on topic with our run now. This is one of the best college gridiron episodes we've ever had. Probably the best. <laughs> um, so I got Clemson, Wake, not Wake Forest, Clemson, um, Oklahoma State, Baylor. What else? I said Houston. Um, does it does it become a you move Alabama into the SEC East? You move Georgia or Georgia's no. already in the SEC East. No, I'm sti- I'm sticking. You got to keep you got to keep Alabama and Georgia. Alabama so. can stay. Alabama and Georgia can stay where they are. Uh, I have four off the top of my head. We named another two. I'm blanking so hard right now. Well, Texas oh, we, and oh, we, Oklahoma. Oh, Texas and Oklahoma are, are they're both SEC West. Um so the SEC West is just loaded. Just absolutely loaded. Uh I guess you move schools over. 
Um, one of I, those, I yeah. think you would have to move an Auburn potentially. I yeah, gotta I'm, look at a the I'm map. Moving, uh, but no, I don't. I want to keep the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. I'm moving to. Can you look up the SEC? I got this. Do you have your Big Ten schools in mind right now? Uh, I mean, kinda. Yeah, I'm sorry that we're going so off topic, man. Kyle it would it would make sense. Time. You know, you know what you could do is, is move both Alabama and Auburn into the SEC East. That then you'd have Alabama. You'd have an overload of talent. Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Georgia. You'd have an overload of talent to begin with, my friend. Right, right. But I kind of want to move in Oklahoma and Texas. I'll, 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 I'll move Oklahoma State and I'll you still move Baylor. have LSU. You got Ole Miss, as, as, A&M. As, as logistically stupid as it sounds, I'm moving um, Oklahoma State and Baylor to the SEC East. So I'm just so, adding. I'm adding, I'm adding Clemson to the SEC. So let's just let's just rename the conferences from SEC West to SEC East to SEC One and SEC Two. Right. And then but, you just. I mean, pretty much. I mean, first talent. I mean, if we're really thinking about it, it's just two super conferences. But like, yeah. So I, I added Oklahoma State. I added Baylor. I added Clemson. Oklahoma and Texas already coming in, and I added Houston. So let's. Uh, six. Houston. I'm adding Houston. We could. I think we could think of a better school than Houston. To add. Uh, for, forget Houston. Uh, Houston's been pretty good recently. That's it. I'd keep Houston. They're okay. It was between Houston and TCU. I mean, what do you? What do you really? I would rather add, I would rather add a team like Texas Tech than Houston. All right, fair enough. Let's add Texas Tech. Uh, make them the new stomping ground. Teach them how to play defense. And if not, at least we get a really high-scoring, entertaining product every year. So we're dismantling the Big Twelve. Oh, Big Twelve done for. It's, so it's the, it's the Big Ten and the SEC. So now Texas, now, Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech join Texas the SEC Tech and Clemson and Clemson. Those six. That's, that's a conference. A, that's a super conference. Then the Big Twelve or Big Ten, excuse me. You keep yeah. all the teams the same. Yeah, damn Yankees are getting killed. Uh, you could now you can start booting teams. Remember, I booted um Vanderbilt and um Missouri. You can boot Rutgers out of there. Get them. I guess get Rutgers out of there. You boot Rutgers. Every you, other team. I who else would you boot? Stays. Would you keep everybody? Yeah, I, I think every team. Nebraska has a tradition, so I'll let them stay. I don't, maybe Minnesota? Minnesota's decent. P.J. Fleck. Yeah. Good team. I would, I would boot Maryland, if anything. Yeah. Send Maryland back to the – how about this? Swap Maryland back. Send them back to the ACC or whatever. That makes perfect sense. You get Rutgers and Maryland, the two weak links of the conference, out of there, and then you, you start dividing and conquering, basically. Then you add you add schools like USC, UCLA, Those Oregon, are already added. Oregon, Wisconsin, Washington. Wisconsin's in or not there. With, uh, I was thinking Utah. I was sorry. I was yeah, Utah. Utah for sure. Utah was Oregon. Washington, mm-hmm. USC, UCLA. You're basically stealing the Pac-12. Basically stealing the Pac-12. Basically. And you still and have Big 12 schools to work with, I think. I don't – I think we kind of put them all in the SEC. Iowa State. Yep. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Of course. You got to get Notre Dame. Um, Stanford. 
Mm. You can make Stanford football great again. I suppose. You can. Come on. I suppose, but I, I think I would I would do those eight. I would do the eight that I just mentioned. I think I'd, so, I, would, I would add those eight. So USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Utah, uh, Cincinnati, Iowa State at seven. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Did I mention that? I, I tried mentioning Stanford, but forget that. That's eight, eight strong names. I added six, I believe. You added eight. That's pretty strong. I don't know what what school deserves to be left out, and we're booting two in. We're booting uh, there, yeah. Rutgers and Maryland, and I'm booting Missouri and um, Vanderbilt. So those two conferences, the top two teams, whoever makes the Big Ten championship and whoever makes the Big Twelve or the SEC championship, those are the two playoff teams. Now, 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 let me think. Do you add a game to the season with more teams? What do you mean? You add a game. Um, you know how like national championship winner plays fifteen games. Yeah. Make it sixteen, and make it like seven games to win. Make a bowl game, seven wins to make a bowl game instead of six. No, here's what I do: is the Big Ten championship and the SEC championship are the first round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then winners of each play each other for the national championship. Oh, so the okay, so they play each other. Okay, that makes sense. Big Ten, SEC. I mean, that's that's absolutely insane. (laughs) I I love I love how off topic we can get, but on topic we can get at the same time. (laughs) The the listeners are in for a really good one. They're not going to know what the hell is going on for half the episode, but it's really funny. That's this is just kind of what the thing is. Is it's just kind of our normal conversation. It's yeah. This is if this is if you don't know us, this is a preview of what me and Danny talk about. (laughs) when we're bored at a like i get off work he's he's driving around and i'm just like we just talk just talk shop basically and just make stuff up in our heads and it works somehow this is this is pretty much a an everyday conversation that we have yes. but now we just get to uh to record it and send it out to everyone but yeah those those make sense to me if if we're yeah. talking about super conferences mm-hmm. I think I think we all got good additions. All the other the other idea that I have, right? Let's get to the second one. (laughs) The second one. The other idea that I have, it it it's kind of what we already had previously, but you do regions. You split the country into four regions. You got north. Then the northeast is cooked because we don't play football. You got no. You cut it that are vertically in four four parts of the country you have you have the west yeah. you have the mountain you have mm-hmm. the central so basically time zones east. so you do it all four time zones if you're in yep. that time zone that's the region you play in oh the four regional winners are the four teams to make the playoffs bro you, let, let's let's start talking about that now what regions get who um i guess we're going by time zones yeah you just you look at, you know, maybe you cut it off after Utah for the West or uh, you, after Nevada. Like you get Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona, and Idaho or in the West. Nobody cares about New Mexico. No offense. The, the mountain would be 
Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh-huh. Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, Utah. New Mexico, mm-hmm. North Dakota, or I already said North Dakota, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Texas. Central, Central, Wisconsin, Illinois, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. And then the East is everyone else, including Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Yeah, I think the East is winning this now. Now, who gets Alaska and Hawaii? The West, I guess. The West, but yeah, I realistically. Mean, shout, shout out to Hawaii, though. Alaska, they don't produce football, but shout out to Hawaii. So, pretty much, you turn those four regions into conferences. Mm-hmm. And they play each other. Uh, and maybe, just like regular college football, they have a couple of outside games that they right. compete against other schools. But... Those little, four, little those first, four ga- regions. first two games of the season showcase where they play against other regions, kind of like exactly. how college, how um, college basketball does it with like Big Ten, um, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve challenge, Pac-12, whatever. Yeah, Big Ten, Big East challenge. You know, what? What do you? Let's break down the regions. Let's what schools like make it out of each region. What do you think? Oh, you look at a West Coast region and. It's your Pac-12 schools. It's your Oregon, your USC, Washington. We could also honestly forget, like, because because at the end of the day, you think of it, you kind of you kind of get an idea what teams make it out. You want to talk about styles of play, like what kind of styles of play they both all adopt. I think that's pretty obvious. It'd just be the West Coast style, right? The Mountain would be kind of run it down your throat. Mm -hmm. The uh, Central. Central. Defense, just, gr- just defense, defense, grit, and then yeah. East Coast, uh, it's whatever Alabama decides they're going to be that year. <laughs> whatever the trend is in Alabama and Georgia. Exactly. And that's I mean, pretty yeah, much it. Or I'm very intrigued about that. Or uh, Clemson will follow them and just, you know, t- toss their little twist on it. Their little Christian twist because Davos winning is their head coach. But you look at it, and out of the West, you got Oregon, right. you have USC. Mm-hmm potentially Boise State yeah. out, of, out of the mountain. I suppose you add Utah to that, Utah and Arizona. I, I would leave Utah on the mountain for sure. I don't know because you add Oklahoma and Texas to the mountain. Or to the yeah, to yeah the I guess. mountain. So yeah. out of out of that, Oklahoma or Texas. You, you could split Oklahoma and Texas, Texas down the middle. Yeah. Texas. Uh, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Central, it, it, Central, it's, Central it's the Big Ten. Central and East are are pretty loaded. It'd be yes. all, your Ohio State's. Your I Michigan's, think those are the, I think those are the two clear best regions. Your your Central. Notre Dame's of the world, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then out of the East, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Clemson. Yep, Clemson. Penn yep. State, LSU. LSU, no, LSU, LSU, LSU would be, would be central. Yeah, uh, central also has Ole Miss, um, Cincinnati, Kentucky, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I I think that just makes sense in my head. You split it Dude, up that, regionally. You split it up regionally. It makes football it just makes college football way crazier and way more fun because we like chaos, don't we? Uh, we love chaos. Chaos, love is, chaos was the theme of last year's podcast. That's it's also a theme of this up. podcast. Yeah. It's absolute chaos. So we don't know what's going on, but it's, it gets more fun by the minute. 
And so all those schools, you know, you pick your top 10, top 15 schools from mm-hmm. each region. Right. And you put them in a conference. And here's where the idea starts to get kind of crazy is yeah. you create a relegation system. Oh. So in oh, each region, you know, maybe Cincinnati in the central region has a horrendous year. Right. And they go play in the MAC for a year. They Ooh, win the MAC, like, they like get back into the Big Ten. Right, right. I have an idea based off of your first idea with this, the regions, but keep going. That that's pretty much it. Alabama, Alabama never get relegated. Has the worst year ever, and Nick Saban is murdered and assassined. Whoa, assassinated whoa, whoa, whoa! This is this is a peaceful Jesuit podcast. They here, they, they they fall off the face of the map and get relegated. yeah. They, they become the they become year, UAB. Pretty next much. year they they come back and just kill everyone and get back into the SEC. Oh, precisely, yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, imagine a promotion system where the best team in the nation gets promoted to the NFL. They would get killed. They would get murdered. They would not win. They they probably score three total points in the season, but still, that'd be hilarious. It would be a sight to see. That's it would be sight to see. Now, my idea based off of the first one, where you mentioned um. What's going on in this Yankee game? Um, my idea based off this whole thing with um, all the regions turn into something called the playoffs, turn into something college basketball related, some March Madness. Uh, what do you call it? Send 64 teams in a bracket by region, um, you know, single elimination, I guess. What is that? Round of 64, round of 32, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four national championship so cut the regular season down like to eight games and then send teams to the playoffs so the top 64 teams make the play that'd be interesting that would be fun wouldn't it and and it's obviously single elimination so anything crazy can happen you can see crazy upsets what would you think about a sweet uh, march madness type thing with college football i mean i can't believe this is getting aired this is hilarious i don't i think the the playoffs need to be expanded i don't know if it needs to be expanded from four to 64 i mean you gotta um, realize this is as crazy this is our dream world we're talking about is, expansion in yeah. certain regions that's why when you bought up certain regions instead of conferences when you said regions right away mine jumped to march madness just like how you know how march madness is four regions it doesn't exactly, matter about yeah. conference it makes perfect i think i feel like you cut down the regular season to like eight games so that you know, not as much wear and tear on the bad teams, um, and just not as much wear and tear regular season wise. You give them like two weeks of break before the um, college football playoff begins, and you let it fly. Just absolute madness. You get big TV deals. The issue I yeah, have with yeah. that, with yep. with that, is any any team can can lose to anyone. Right? Well, yeah, that's, that's that's the chaos. That that's the chaos, but that's too much chaos in in my mind. Uh, where March Madness is fun. I think you know maybe a eight to sixteen team where maybe you cut the regular season down by one to two games. Right, and, and then, yeah, have that a makes little more bit sense. more expanded. And if you do that, the regional idea you talk about the two top teams from each region, they, uh, they get automatic buys. They get seated into on it, yeah. one through eight. However. Mm-hmm whatever people decide people that make more money than we do um, right. or, and, yeah. and they play, they play an eight game tournament. 
Oh, so you're just thinking eight seeds. Interesting. Just, yeah, exactly. I, I want more chaos. I'll stick with my 64, but I see why you're going with the smaller. It makes that's, more It's way just... too much chaos. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely way too much football. I mean, six games of playoff football, single elimination is insane, first of all. There's not even that many NFL <laughs> playoff rounds. <laughs> that's that's why, that's why we love college football. It's crazier. Um, not yeah, that no. crazy. Not that crazy, no, no. I'd say kind of them like sweet sixteen type of thing. Yeah, and I, I could get, like, yeah. I could get behind some. You could have, yeah, sixteen makes more sense. You, you get some under the radar teams that don't get enough love. Um, for example, like on on Cincinnati got enough love last year. Like, what was that team? Um, Texas, something in Texas. Like they were like it was not UT Austin. What am I saying? There was like a Texas team last year that won like twelve and now, and then they got killed. UTSA. Yeah, it's UTSA, I think. Yeah, and they got killed in their bowl game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, t- teams like that. You know, give them give them some ch- a chance to play for glory, and then get stomped by Alabama in the first round. <laughs> that would <laughs> no. be that would be hilarious. But be hey, man, expo- exposure for the program, more power to them. But kind of kind of wrapping up this podcast because we've already been going for well over an hour at this point oh, absolutely when where, do we start? yeah where where do you see coming coming back down to reality from where we just were where do you see college football going at this point uh where do i see college football going um i see this all being a money grab i see the emergence of super conferences of the big 12 uh big 10 and the sec but I see some of college football community's ethos, just, you know, everybody having their style, regional play. And I, I hope the Pac-12 survives. I mean, I really do, just because Pac-12 After Dark is part of how I grew up, just, like, watching games randomly on TV. You know, you, I'm sure you did the same as a, as a native West Coaster. Except it wasn't After Dark, but yes. Right, Pac- Pac-12 during the nighttime, but it's not <laughs> too dark. For me, it's Pac-12 After Dark, and for all East Coasters. Um, that being said, I mean, you're going to stay in the same old. We we don't really have to worry about this all till 2024. Because 2023, we get the, what, Texas and Oklahoma. But that's been the makings for years. And that makes sense. We're going to see a lot of crazy change in the next couple of years. And I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm worried, but I'm not worried at the same time. Just because, one, it's not in my control. Two, money talks. They'll get as much money as possible. And three, it's college football. We're on college gridiron. We're happy people here. Yeah, for sure. I think eventually I, I see a full realignment happening yeah. in the mm-hmm. world of college football. That's kind of the thing. And that's why we got into all these crazy ideas that are never going to happen. None of, that, um, none of them will happen. But and they're fun they to do, talk about. Right. And if they do, I better be making some money off of that. I, I realistically see this kind of going down into potentially four conferences. And yeah, instead of Power 5, Power 4. Instead of Power 5, it's a Power 4 and more teams in each conference. And some of these bigger oh, so, so you see the AC, like is conference like the ACC surviving because it's what Big Ten, Big Twelve. I I ACC. would see more so the Pac-12 coming back. Um, I, I would rather the Pac-12 come back than the ACC survive. I I could That's see. Just me, yeah, I realistically I see a, a team like Clemson going to the uh, to the SEC, a team like Pitt going into the Big Twelve. Personally, if that's me. Send all the big Pac-12, uh, I mean, the ACC teams that don't matter for football, send them to the Big East just for college basketball. Just send their football yeah, programs. I don't care. <laughs> They're not relevant uh, to me. 
They still make a lot of money. Or no, but, no, no. Or, or just bring back Big East football. Why not? Let's have fun with it. Real talk. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. I mean, that would suck, but it would be interesting. Uh, that being said, I mean, dude, college football is going to be a lot different the next time we revisit this in the fall or whenever we College football is entering a world right now that's so unpredictable, and that's why we love it. And that's why keep your head on a swivel if you're a college football fan. It's a great time to talk about it because there's anything at this point is possible, Mm -hmm. and I could see anything happening into the future, especially with the NIL, especially with teams switching conferences, everything going TV deals, TV deals. Pretty much at this point, anything goes. Yeah, anything flies. But I think, Tyler, I think that's going to wrap up this yeah. insane episode. Uh, I don't even remember what we talked about, but there's a lot of information out there we, for you. We started with recruiting, and we ended with me trying to talk into, talk Danny into a March Madness-style tournament. That's <laughs> how crazy this episode's gotten. But I don't regret a second of it. It's been phenomenal. It was definitely a fun episode recording, but I think that's going to do it to us. Shout out our producer for this episode, Mike Calamari, number one fan of College Gridiron. I am Danny Scott, and for Tyler Who, this is College Gridiron. Production.